Hi everybody, this is Tracy Malone. Welcome to my channel. If you are new here, please. We are going to talk about narcissistic and divorce and my channel is dedicated to helping people understand divorcing a narcissist as well as family of origin narcissists. Today, however, we are going to speak with Olivia Summerhill. She is a financial professional that helps um, women in particular is her practice who are going through a high net worth divorce and it's complicated and we're going to talk about how we get through these situations how do we regulate ourselves how do we protect ourselves are we entitled to standard of living and and how do we find the money so many little questions we're going to be talking to her about so let's go meet olivia and we'll get started trying to help you through these little pieces of the divorce story. Welcome, Olivia. I am so grateful that you are here. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So I am Olivia Summerhill. Hello. I am a divorce financial consultant, and I work with women who want to have an equal playing field in divorce. So I help women maintain their lifestyle during and post-divorce. And if you have affluence and you've never dealt with the finances and your relationship, and now all of a sudden you're about to get divorced as a stay-at-home mother, what do you do? You might be terrified. That's where I come into play and really help alleviate those anxiety emotions uh, as a really um, a consultant, coach, financial professional and advocate. Wow, this is why I have you here. It's you're, You've got such a, an array of things that you help people with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for people to understand that um, when you have some assets in the family bucket mm -hmm. and you are unaware of what's there, so many people panic. They're like, I'm not entitled to it. I'm scared. I don't get anything. He told me I, I was a stay-at-home mom. It's not mine. You know, how do you handle those kind of people? We breathe. <laughs> That's the first thing. We, we take some deep breaths because we're about to talk about what 97% of Americans have is money over anxiety. And if we're about to dump on top of that divorce, I mean, that is extremely anxiety ridden. So we take some deep breaths and we know just like the work you do, that everything will be okay if you have the right resources, the right team around you and you're getting the right information, right? So what I like to do at the very beginning is, like you just said, a lot of those things are said to the majority of women when they're coming into divorce. And, and men, of course, I specifically work with women. So sorry, I'm gonna be a little sexist here, but it, this applies to everyone is, what if your significant other, soon to be ex, is saying, well, I'm the one who worked for the last 20 years and you stayed at home. So this is my retirement. You get nothing. All of those threats are going to be taken into consideration. And those are valid that you feel fear, but that is not going to be the way the divorce is going to go, where those threats are going to come real. So taking a step back, breathing and knowing that A, you're not alone. Other people have felt this and B, those threats can come every day but they're not gonna come true as long as, again, you have that team or you have those knowledge-based people to help you through the process. Yeah, and that, what you're saying is such a valid point because the fear inside people, 
just completely locks them up and specifically about that financial part and they feel hopeless they don't know they're fearful what will happen and i don't think i have this right and and you know they don't even know how they're going to pay for the lawyer in many cases because they've been shut out so it's it's a it's a quite a trapped place for them to be regardless of the fact that they live in a beautiful home and have nice things they were told they're not entitled to them and that puts the fear into them. I have clients who have hundreds of millions of dollars who are still unable to know if they can pay for services. So it doesn't even matter where your wealth range is. And just like you're saying, even if you have beautiful homes or you have all that lifestyle that people assume you're well off or you don't, either way, it is a scary, scary topic. And, and that's what I help deal with uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Hooray for you. Um, tonight I'm going out for a, a dinner with some very old friends that were part of my original support group. And they're my core friends now. I, I just love these women so much. And one of them during their 29 year marriage was not allowed to buy more than $50 in groceries for the family. And if she bought it, she was sent back to return it. And um, she was led to believe they had no money. And in the divorce, realized they were worth millions and millions. And he had hidden it from her with those little, like, no, we can't afford that. And when their their own daughter wanted to go to community college for $3,000 a year, he said, no, we can't afford it. And they were multi, multi, multi-millionaires. And she had no idea. So, you know, just demystifying the truth about you have rights was enlightening for her, right? Still, the battle was long and hard and it cost her a million dollars, but um, she got through it and she's safe. And I love that you brought this story up and I'm so glad you're still friends with these people and they're your closest because that time period, you need those trusted friends and they do become even closer through the, the hardest times of your life. Let me just ask because this is also the work I do is I'm in collaborative and mediation and I really believe in not spending millions on divorce if you can avoid the big litigating attorneys I love attorneys they have a purpose absolutely but if you can really level or lower emotions I wonder if that significant other her soon-to-be ex-spouse who was saying they had nothing I bet you and I I I don't know the answer, but I'm betting he actually believed that they did not have enough because if we went back to his childhood and his patterns and behaviors, I'm guessing someone in his relationship, probably one of his parents said the same mentality to him. And so he's fearful of letting go of anything he has. Yes, that's financial abuse saying you can't spend more than anything and you can't do this or not being open. So I am all for her side, but I also take into consideration the empathy that we almost have to kind of dig out for the other side to see like, why is he acting that way? What's behind that? Where are those patterns coming from? And why, why is he going that route? Some people we can't, we can't help. And that's not our reason for helping one party. We're not trying to save the other, mm -hmm. but I want to save on, on as much as we can with, with lawyers and as much as we can with fighting. And I wonder what his story is. I'm just curious. So when you when you go through when you're digging for someone's say backstory like this, mm -hmm. how does that help us not go to court? 
if we the question is sort of like you know wounded from childhood which 99% of all narcissists are but if we find this stuff out how does it help us not go to court because a narcissist is litigious they mm -hmm. her want to win we had her put in jail like false mm -hmm. allegations mm -hmm. all kinds of crazy so how does it help us we take deep breath again and we because this is topics that are so powerfully disruptive to our systems on the inside typically and what what it does let's just pretend i was working with her during the time period of the beginning of a divorce and he's saying she is uh abusive to the children and she needs to go to jail let's just say that's the, the situation um and he's still not allowing anyone to know what the finances are at all and so at that point it's let's obviously we need to get from a to b so we need to understand your finances so that's priority number one is what are your expenses? What are your values going through this divorce process? We need to understand who you are because your identity has been crushed and taken away from you. So getting to know her, getting to know the expenses that actually post-divorce will help her succeed. And also during the negotiation strategies, what does she need to live off of? What is she going to be asking for? But during that, all of this process, getting from the very um, A to B is, okay, so, he is never going to change. We're not going to change him, but we need to make him feel like he's winning. Okay. What are his triggers? Why are those his triggers? How can we avoid those triggers? And those triggers usually come from childhood. So I'm a certified money coach. And a lot of the work I do with women can be applied to the men and just almost in a, I don't want to say manipulative way, but it kind of is in a, let's look at it from his standpoint. Let's lower our emotions. Let's see it for what it is. He's not going to change. We're not going to win from a narcissist, especially. And he needs to feel like he's winning. So how can we go about the negotiation strategies, knowing that you're going to be okay, but that we need him to win. So during this, we know your values. And I know this is a long-winded answer, but how can we make him feel like he's winning, not trigger him and understand that his childhood is still playing a part in today's role. And how can we almost avoid those triggers that might be coming up from patterns and behaviors and how can we not fuel the fire with the finances? And so some of the ways that we do that is not sending certain things his way via text or email or calling, not doing things that might trigger him uh, and that's different for everyone. Maybe it's letting him win in certain ways with the finances and in other ways he doesn't realize that you're actually benefiting. So all the strategies that I do and the tools that I pull from are to not have her say, oh gosh, I'm so sorry that he did have that childhood and I feel so bad for him. No, that's not her job is to empathize, but my job is the neutral or the person who's her advocate is to at least see where we can lower his emotions with the money because money is everything in divorce. So hopefully that was a helpful answer and a very long winded one as well. It was, it was a perfect answer because it's very much what I teach as well, not necessarily on the money end, but to learn their triggers, to understand not yes. to the bear and, and do it the same way you need to do it, but maybe go a back door about it so it doesn't put them on hypervigilant alert, which is reactive. Narcissists are very wounded from divorce they are very fragile so it just takes a feather of of you want my what and 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 the whole thing gets out of control so learning 
and and it's it's a it's a pathetic thing to have to have people do because they're in trauma so it's hard to say well let's go study and just figure out what his triggers are her triggers are in my case it could be either right but but it is so much important because if we cross that line and poke the bear as i say we are not going to get anything that we want and we will end up in court and it will be very litigious because they like to fight in court so no matter what we're doing i think if we understand those principles i have a book on my shelf that i recommend every single day that is talks to this about how to talk to them to not trigger them how to soothe their baby egos so that they can end up being you know a, a less aggravated kind of monster as as you would potentially see you know if you poke the bear it's not pretty so what other strategies do you have that can help women i would say not procrastinating and not being paralyzed is the hardest thing at the very beginning of the divorce process but strategy number one is get the right information so listen to your podcast right have have the, the if you can't afford to talk to someone um, or like a coach or someone who's going to help with the finances or a lawyer or mediator yet, or a therapist, try to have those resources if you can. And if you can't reach out to the free resources and also look online and go to the podcast and read the books, like your book is absolutely phenomenal for if you're dealing with a narcissist and you have to have those resources. I think that everyone can budget for a under $20 book. And I think it's worth it that is just my recommendation is start at ground zero. And another recommendation is have that really beautiful resources around you of support groups. So you've even experienced this, those women or men are going to really be a great resource. And a lot of those groups don't cost anything. And having those friends and family by your side, is also a key point because relationships help everything. Although the little caveat here, take the friends and families advice with a grain of salt because a lot of times they're definitely looking out for the best of what you need but they might be having their own biases of what they think is best and from their experience of their divorce is what they they think you should do and that's not always best so caveat there absolutely um you know in my situation with clients that are in a narcissistic relationship a normal divorce advice has absolutely no place in in your conversations because you're getting oh well if you just do this you know it's like no 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 you're at DEPCON 5 and the world is imploding outside the submarine you you know take their stuff thank you very much but also get the right help that's why I have a list of like support groups in every state on my website. So they're all free that are out there. They have them for adults, narcissist children. They have them for divorce, but whatever it is, there's hundreds of them around the country. And my assistant searches once a month to see if there's any new ones and see if anyone disappeared. Try to get them. They're not enough. Like it may be the state of Massachusetts. There might be five and uh, that's a whole damn state. That's not enough, right? I tell people to start their own. I knew nothing except that I had just been through a horrific divorce and that I figured out it was a narcissist. So I started my own group. 
and I had no idea I was like okay I brought like handouts and I was like ready and I'm like who will come who will come to the library little room and and it was it was crazy it grew and grew and I was like my responsibility grew because I was like well I don't want everyone to just come here and bitch it's it's not helping us you know one's crying because they're hearing someone else's story how do we heal and, and that's how my whole career started was getting those people together and it was at one point we had one in Boulder Colorado where the room held 23 people and we were getting yelled at by the library every single time so we had to have a second one because people were driving two hours to come to the group so I had to have two and that room held 40 so I would have 60 to 80 people a month that were just clawing for help and that friendship like I said I'm going out with I think there's about 10 of us tonight um it's for my birthday which was yesterday but um we are going out and and this is a seven-year friendship the bond they have and they those girls go out almost every weekend um I'll be out with them three times this month because the bond that you find with people that get it is is something priceless you can't get that anywhere else and while you have your friends you have your family I often find the advice that they give to victims of narcissistic abuse divorces very very wrong and it puts them in the wrong direction often makes them feel bad like you're doing it wrong and it's not so bad and don't worry you know and all of this really bad advice so um you know I think that getting the support is absolutely a key piece and again the team the the financial people the mediators the lawyers you need a team you need coaches to get through it really well because saving money on a coach versus a, a lawyer so many people use their lawyers as their Therapist and it gets very expensive at $500 an hour so you know just to, to have someone to bounce ideas off and strategies it's going to make a huge thing I have one more question that that I wanted to ask you about which is is people are told that they should be looking for the standard of living that they had before how does that work maintaining this the standard of living I mean is that a true thing expectations from the very first time that I'm sitting with a client, a potential client or a client doesn't matter um, if it's someone I've, I've known for a while or not. It's going to be very, very difficult, even with an exorbitant amount of wealth to have the exact same lifestyle. And what I've actually found from clients and being extremely truthful and honest at the very beginning of the relationship saying that all that materialistic stuff anyways and most of the standard of living maintained lifestyle is going to be the cars the houses the watches the diamonds the vacations um all wrapped into more of the materialistic stuff so purses shoes included in that for women a lot of the times and almost every single person that i've worked with has said i would take all of that away you can take all the materialistic stuff away as long as i have a, just a steady household with my family, children, whatnot, post-divorce. So the expectation at the very beginning is, let's see what we can do financially and know that things are going to change. Mm -hmm. But it's almost the clients triggering themselves on a switch in the brain of, I really, that didn't make me happy to have the whatever massive get together and getting all these gift baskets afterwards and, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's a ton of different examples, but um, 
standard of living, it's going to change. But the expectation is at the very beginning to understand what it is that makes you content and happy and know your values. Because if you know your values and who you want to be, you can drive on that highway a lot better and faster and smoother with your family if you have children post-divorce rather than I have to keep this exact lifestyle. I'm going to latch onto it. I don't know what to do. I'm paralyzed. And I don't even want to face that. I want to throw in the towel, all of these different things throughout the divorce process. Yeah, that makes sense. Again, the, the standard of living being the, um, the, the things, the, the places, the cars, the, the vacations, the homes, right? And, and many of your clients, as well as mine, come in and they've got multiple vacation homes or, you know, a whole array of, of assets that have to be split up and divvied. But when it comes down to it, the bottom line is, how do you want to feel, right? Not what do you want to have in your cupboard, in your garage, or in your jewelry box? Those are bonuses if you, you know, go that direction. I lived a completely different life when I was married, completely different life, and traveled and and all kinds of amazing gifts, I call them, even though I hate them. I, I appreciate what I got from that relationship, but at the same time, I'm much happier now. Those things never made me happy. I, I thought they did because I was living it and it wasn't my choice. I thought, you know, amazing vacations and things that came were not that I thought it was my life. It never felt like my life. But at the same time, I am so much happier without any of that. And mm -hmm. so getting to a point where you're almost managing your expectations mm -hmm. on standard of living is what I hear you saying mm -hmm. versus let's go for the jugular and try to take it all because you know what that's how we don't poke the bear they think we're going to ask for it all but if we go you know what that was important to you you keep the Hampton house but I'll take these if you know what their their weak points are and and if they want this then how can we creatively find the equivalent that, okay, I don't get the house on the water, but I have enough that I can live and live in peace. And knowing your values will help get you to that peaceful spot without the materialistic standpoint or without the fear and paralyzation of, that's a word, being it. paralyzed. I like it, it sounded fancy, but um, on what is gonna make you happy and, and also, not trigger the other side exactly we don't want that to happen and we don't want to poke the bear and, and how can we go about that the best because that is also what i see a lot of the times is the other side which for me is going to be the husband who's been working in his mind in financial psychology he's terrified she's going to try to take everything and she's going to take all the businesses that he's worked for so many years on and so we can formulate a strategy and negotiate calmly and really show him and again i'm using the heterosexual normative the clients that i work with are the females if we can show him that we're not out to poke him and, and take everything then it always always works out better so knowing your values is the start yeah and then in in the narcissist world many of your clients um partners exes uh hide money they lie. They they sit there and deny that never happened. I had statements for a Swiss bank account. Like here they are. I've submitted them. That's what we're supposed to do. Oh, what account? No, I never had that. And they just lied on the stand. I was like, 
what do you mean? I've got statements. They're from last month. Like, where do you mean the $5 million is gone somewhere? Right? The, the amount of lying that your clients have to listen to, like what I just explained, it, it just paralyzes you once again in a different direction because you're like, how can I ever get a fair deal? Is anyone listening? I'm telling you this is here and nobody cares. How do you help someone in that situation? Breathe. <laughs> and then we look at the pros and cons because I can go back on statements and trace and find things. I'm not a forensic accountant, but those are a whole nother deal of let's look at options. Mm -hmm. Let's look to see if maybe I go through certain things like the tax returns and the statements because I can find most, most of the red flags quite fast. So um, that might be a good route or we get a forensic accountant involved, but we want to look at the pros and cons because is a business valuator who can look at all the businesses and what he's hiding in the business and a forensic accountant who can look back and see all of those. Uh, normally it's the Caymans and Swiss bank accounts, all of those different assets or crypto. Do we want to get all these other professionals involved? The pros is maybe you're going to get some answers and you're going to feel um, that a vindictive behavior that he's done for so many years, you're going to, you're going to feel some joy after getting the answers. But will that all of a sudden assume that you're going to get those assets? Mm -hmm. What if they're spent? I mean, a lot of my clients, even in the billionaire range, a lot of those assets have been calculated into trust funds or some other place where they're hidden so well done. Even if you know that they're gone, you see the transfers. Do you want to spend a potentially, let's just say a hundred thousand on a forensic accountant and waste another six months, two years of your time finding hidden assets? Or do you want to move on and know that yes, you've probably let go of a lot, but here's the pros as you're moving on and here's your value system and your children are doing better. I don't know the answer. Everyone's different, but that's what I go through with clients is we breathe, we go through values, we find what we need to find. It's very easy with a certain tools that I use. Um, for you know tax returns and statements, but the other outlying things, um, well, is it worth getting other professionals involved? And the pros and cons, it's going to be time, and and that's usually going to be a long time period. It's going to be money, and it does not guarantee you're going to get anything. They can ignore that too, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> so it's it's a complex situation. What do you want to walk away with? Right. Um, and I'm not saying that you don't fight for not at all. Yeah. Can, um, but the ghosts are very, very hard to track, especially when they're in that higher wealth area, the trust fund and, you know, trust accounts and all kinds of tools that are designed to hide it. Um, it's hard to break into that. And, and once they're in those things, again, we can find them, we can prove it. But guess what? It's still in a trust and you don't have rights to it. Have a nice day. You know, it's 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 knowing what to chase. And that's where you come in and go, this will be a good route to go. And here's where we want to aim the, the gun, if you would, mm -hmm. to find that one, find that one. But let's leave that mm -hmm. and see what these others give us as results. And, and I think people jump to the the end of the story so quickly. They don't think sink integrals along the way to be like, okay, that's one more step. We're closer here. We're closer there instead of trying to get it all at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Having a timeline 
just like that car on the highway, we want to know like, when do we need to get on off ramp? When do we need to stop at a stoplight? It's nice to have the professionals with you so that you know exactly where you're going and you don't throw in the towel, you don't miss out on hidden assets and you don't emotionally exhaust yourself because you have that support system and the professionals who know exactly what they're doing in the divorce world. So, and they're going to listen to you. Exactly. So what last minute tips do you have for people that are heading into this? I like to keep things really simple. So we've gone through a lot today. I don't want to add more tips that are going to be completely out there different. So I would literally keep it simple and say, breathing, like focusing on yourself. What are your values? Understand who your friends are. Understand that you should be keeping that distance through people who aren't listening to you or, or, or are saying, oh, you know, he's not that bad or she's not that bad. Um, keeping the right team as professionals as well, listening to podcasts, reading the right books, gaining knowledge, all of those pieces of information are going to help you through a divorce process. Whether you divorce or not, some people listening today might not be getting a divorce because they can go a different route, but at the very least, this is the tools that they can start with. Thank you. That's absolutely perfect. I'm just going to add one little thing is to learn to manage the fear. There's going to be so much fear. And if you don't know how to manage it, it will manage you and it will put you into the covers and never want to get out of bed because there's so much out there. So if you learn to manage the fear of all of these aspects and breathe and, and learn to just be like, okay, I'm going to be okay. We'll handle that fear this way. Or what's the truth behind? I'll never get anything because I was the stay at home mom, right? What's the truth about these things that eases the fear when you get the financial advice from someone like yourself, that eases another fear. When you come to me and you coach and we go, oh yeah, this is what we could expect that eases the fear. Don't worry. Everyone does that. It doesn't work, but they're going to try it anyway. Eases a fear, right? When you have people that can help you look at the fears versus go under the covers, fear is crippling. And if, again, we don't manage it, it is going to suck you down to the point where you won't be able to get any paperwork done. You won't be able to get out of your house. You won't be able to cognitively think about what you really want because you're just frozen. So get help for the fear. It's such an important part of this. And if we don't conquer it, it's not pretty. Get help for the fear. I love that. All of your books have really good quotes that you have written. And I feel like that should be in your next book. Get help for the fear. <laughs> well, I, started, I started my divorce book with a whole chapter on managing the fear because that has to come first. There's a lot of scary parts. And um, knowing that you'll be okay no matter what happens is peace. And, and while you might not be able to hear it at that moment in time, it does come in and you, that peace can come over you when it's all over. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank yes. Thanks for having me. How can people find you? You know, I have a podcast divorce for wealthy women and I have a website. So if anyone has any questions, resources are on my site as well. And I'm thinking I'm going to add your site because then they can get to those narcissistic resource groups much easier. So if that's okay with you, we might just add that. So thanks for having me again. You're welcome. Thank you.
I hope you guys found that helpful. If you want more information about Olivia, I will put her information below. If you are new to my channel, I hope that you found this helpful. Go listen to some of the other videos and subscribe to my channel. Like and share this video if you can, so that we can get it out to um, YouTube land that these that videos are valuable. What was I going to say there? Well, again, this is Tracy Malone. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you again next time.